Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This is pretty awesome to be in Nashville. Finally, the cup cars are back. It's been since 1984. The excitement, the fans, I mean, the war already. There's just electricity here. Y'all ready, baby? History is going to be made. Kyle Busch will win his 100th Xfinity Series race. Right on, about the guitar. You got plans for that? Everybody's getting a piece tonight. It has been 37 years since Cup Racing in Nashville. NASCAR is back. 263 laps led already. This has got to be the most dominant performance we've seen out of Kyle Larson. And he's going to make it three wins in a row. Tell the team, tell the car. Good job again, guys. Really good day. We had enough rubber and enough fuel left over to, to do a good burnout there at the end. What a run. Hendrick Motorsports is on, and especially the driver of the number five. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouths. Nate Ryan here with Steve Wittart, Jeff Burton, and guys, what a weekend at Nashville Super Speedway. First time the NASCAR Cup Series has been back in the Nashville area in 37 years, and for me, I think it more than lived up to its billing. Well, it was just a comfortable fit. I mean, everything about it from the, the day it was announced, uh, Nashville, NASCAR, country music seemed to make the most sense in the world. Um, I had some hesitation about Nashville Super Speedway, just the place I'd been there to test. Um, it's a kind of an awkward-shaped, you know, concrete surface, and all of those expectations were completely wrong. The the work that NASCAR, this track, Goodyear, everybody did to prep the track um, guarantees nothing about the race, but guarantees an option for the drivers. And the drivers, in my mind, are the ones that showed up and performed Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Jeff. I thought we saw great racing. Um, other than Kyle Larson, we could somehow slow that guy down. It was a spectacular <laughs> race, four seconds behind him. I'm not going to knock a guy for excellence but uh, the racing was great. You just had to maybe look back about half a straightaway. Yeah, and the city has not forgot how to have a party. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel bad. So yeah. <laughs> the city was on fire, really excited to have NASCAR back. Uh, what a great job the track did promoting within the city. The city came out and supported it. Uh, just an all-around success. I know there's some issues with parking and those kind of things. They'll get through that. They'll learn that. But... You know, the fan support is why NASCAR is in Nashville. This, these fans coming out, filling this place up, the excitement in the town, that's what it's about. And they were treated to really good racing. Every race was a good race. Every race was compelling. Steve made a great point about the track. I, I mean, listen, when you talk to the drivers that came back from the tire test, they were like, well, that's going to be one groove, going to be really <laughs> right, hard to pass. Right. And... It was the complete opposite of what everybody expected, including the people that went to the racetrack and tested. Right. And that's a great thing. That was a great thing and a great success. And I think NASCAR learned something this past weekend in Nashville that they can apply to future racetracks. I mean, listen, I see now why it's a big event town. I mean, it's as simple as that. I, I know that yeah. sounds silly, but, um, you know, it felt like the 90s and the early 2000s all over again. And what I mean by that is from the moment I stepped off the plane to pulling into the hotel, to the marquees on Broadway. You knew NASCAR was in town. Forget going to the racetrack. 
Forget anything. It was NASCAR was in town. The events, the stars, the marquees, the names. We did a little research. We wanted to be studied up for the test, so we did a little research on Broadway. And uh, all I can tell you is if you're going to go for a couple nights in, in Nashville, uh, buckle up. It's a great time. You've got to have that first-person experience uh, well, in, in limited quantities, I think. It's right? unbelievable. I'm going to tell you, the town is it, it, like nothing I've ever seen. It, yeah. It's... Um, it, it, like I said, it's a big event town. It's the only way I can say it. Whether it's football, hockey, NASCAR, I don't think it matters. Nashville's a place to go. And even though Kyle Larson dominated the race, to your point, Steve, like I still think, and the Xfinity race was great, um, truck race was good, but I thought the cup race was really good, even with a dominant winner. And I think some of that was the fact that there was there were moments during this race where the win was a little bit in doubt, specifically after that final restart. Well, look, Steve mentioned feeling like he had gone back to late 90s, early 2000s. The race felt like that, too. We had mechanical mm -hmm. failures. Right. We had cars spinning out. We had stuff happening. It caused a ton of cautions. It reminded me of a race in the late 90s, early 2000s, and that's a good thing. And, and we need more of that in this sport, and we got it this past weekend. Also, from a competition standpoint, you know, I, get, I said, you know, Larson's easy, right? You know, but who else? Like, Stuart Haas. They had two cars that had problems, but they, all four of their cars ran well. All four of their cars ran well. Uh, clearly, the thing that stood out to me, as far as people that didn't, was the, the razor blade in which Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. showed us that JGR is on right now in regard to trying to keep up with the Chevrolets and Hendrick Motorsports. There was a time I thought Kyle Busch might have a shot to win the race. There was another time I thought he was going to run 35th. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And there was a time Martin Truex had 5th, 6th, 7th place speed, and there was a time I thought he was going to run 35th. So, you know, that's what I consider to be on a razor blade. If you get on one side or the other, it could go really good or it could go really bad. And it shows you how good Hendrick is. A small change, whatever happened to their cars, a small change made them from being really good to being horrible. I mean horrible. And that's because of the speed that Hendrick has. That's simply, quite simply, how good Hendrick is right now and everybody trying to keep up. And I refuse to dismiss what Kyle Larson is doing. It's easy for the fans to, you know, say, oh, man, he's kind of stinking up the show or the competitors do not talk about him or what are you going to say, what kind of accolades are you going to give him? But very simply, my entire career before I went to television, the goal was to go on a run like Kyle Larson is going on. And, and, and I realize how difficult it is. I've seen Jimmy Johnson do it. I was on Jeff Gordon's team. Uh, not as a crew chief, but as a crew member when he did it in the late 90s. And the simple fact is, I'm not going to discount excellence. I'm going to support it. I'm going to applaud it. Um, I'm going to ask him if he could politely back it down to, like, maybe one <laughs> second out there. But I joke when I say that, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to. Like, why can a golfer go win by 10 strokes and everybody says it's a great performance? A guy throw a no-hitter and we're going to cheer. Well, you know what? I'm going to cheer for Kyle Larson absolutely dominating the competition. I'm not going to shy away from it. He deserves the accolades. We're going to give it to him. He, you're 100% right. What Kyle Larson is doing is, un, is amazing. Not only, you know, he, there's some other races he could have won, won that didn't. Things didn't work out yeah. for one reason or another. Right. And, I mean, he is, you know, he is quite simply the best driver on the series right now, driving the best equipment in the series right now. You know, I've said on the show before, it's timing, right? Timing matters. And he's motivated. He's got great equipment. He's got everything working for him. And, and, and on top of that, they're not making mistakes. That's, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 it's so clean, they're making it look easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to come in with lead and leave, leave with the lead on pit stops. It's not easy to have every restart go right. It's not easy to make those things happen. They're making it look easier than it is. 
He and I know that. And that's why he sat there and said, what they're doing is great is because we know how hard it is to do what they're doing. I mean, it's so hard to do what they're doing, and they're doing it consistently. Yeah. Not just one week, not just two weeks. They're doing it consistently. Error-free, like you said. If this would have been earlier, he might have eight wins at this point. Uh, they have right. been the storyline every week now for four consecutive weeks. He's in the, the winner's circle, and we'll have him on NASCAR America Motor Mouth segment two. But Hendrick Motorsports still the news of the day as well. On this Wednesday, we had some news from Hendrick Motorsports. Jeff Gordon was named vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports. That position begins January 1st, 2022. Jeff Gordon will be stepping away from his Fox Sports broadcasting duties that he'd been in that role since 2016 to become vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports. As part of this new role, he'll become second in command, essentially, at Hendrick to majority owner Rick Hendrick, who you see right there. And he will maintain a daily presence at Hendrick Motorsports with a focus on the organization's competition and marketing groups. Stevie, I'll start with you. I mean, you obviously have a lot of familiarity with Hendrick Motorsports, with Jeff Gordon. What, what do you make of this news? So is it fair to say I was more surprised when he went into the Fox Sports booth? <laughs> uh, so I say that tongue-in-cheek. Jeff Gordon um, in fairly reinvented the position of a, of a franchise driver. Right? He went in, he became the face of an organization. He then hired his successor with Jimmy Johnson, brought him in to replace. Like, he has always in my opinion, put Hendrick Motorsports in front of even his own career. Like, he has made great choices for this. Um, I feel that he's had his hands kind of in the kitchen over these last two or three years. Like, he didn't just disappear to go to Fox. Uh, I thought he did a great job on television, but, you know, that's the first half of the year that gives him a lot of months to still be involved with what happens at Hendrick Motorsports. And who else? I'm never going to say, you know, replace or follow in Rick Hendrick's shoes, but who else could stand next to him and not be completely overshadowed by Rick Hendrick? I mean, this man's wake is wide in both business and competition. He's built a dynasty there, and I think Jeff Gordon is the natural fit, um, and in my mind, it answers a lot of questions. We talk about ownership, Jeff, in this sport all the time, the age of the ownership. These are the titans of NASCAR are these owners, right? We've seen them come and go, and we have these quiet conversations of who could be next. Well, today... It became very clear to me of who that is when it comes to Hendrick Motorsports, and I don't think he'd be a better guy. I think it's a great, I think it's a great choice by Rick Hendrick. I think it's a great decision by Jeff Gordon. Uh, not, you know, not just because I think they're going to be successful, because you know these teams do need a, a plan. What's the future, right? And Jeff Gordon's a guy that's really smart. He's extremely competitive. He. He has a name recognition. He can be the face of the franchise. All those things are really important. He has a tremendous amount of respect on the street. He has a tremendous amount of respect in the garage. So you've got to remember what we do in this sport is we recruit, right? It's a recruiting game. Most teams pay the same amount of money. You know, there's a little here, a little there, but it's, it's a recruiting game. And when you have someone like Jeff Gordon call you, hey, man, you want to come over and crew chief? You want to come over and drive? You want to come over and change tires? <laughs> that matters. That's, you know, when Rick Hendrick calls, when Chad Canals calls, right? Those things matter. And so the only thing that Hendrick Motorsports did today was to strengthen their reputation for their professionalism, their, their, their search for excellence. They, they just strengthened that. And it's already way up high. So, you know, whether, you know, Jeff personally wants to work that much and all that, that's for him to decide, <laughs> which he obviously decided he wants to do it. But from the outside looking in, if I'm a sponsor, if I'm a driver, if I'm a crew member, if I'm anybody involved in that franchise, today was a great day because it said, here's the future, 
And currently, here's the present. We got this for a plan. I mean, it's a great idea. It, it's, it's, it's a win, and it's a win for the sport. We need healthy ownership groups. Totally. We have to have health, healthy ownership groups. And I also believe that Jeff's experience, he and I can both speak to it, we know a lot more today about things outside of the garage than we ever would have known without doing television. There's things I didn't even know happened. <laughs> Had no idea things happened. Fair. And so his perspective has changed. And I think that's really, really, really good to have a perspective of, think about him. Think, you know, our guy, I think our guy who has the most perspective is Kyle Petty. Who in the world has seen more than Kyle Petty? Well, you take a guy like, like Jeff and put him in Hendrick Motorsports with the entire perspective, he's, that's healthy for that business. So a great move for, for everybody involved, in my opinion. Yeah, it reminds me a lot, you know, you mentioned, Jeff, that he, he goes to uh, th- this role. It reminds me of, like, Tony Stewart going to join Gene Haas's organization and putting up a sign, I'm Tony Stewart, I'm here, having a lot of people follow. A uh, lot of questions, I think, about this move. Uh, what it could mean for drivers, maybe future drivers going into these types of roles. And I believe NASCAR on the line joining us here at NASCAR America Motor Miles to ask about that. NASCAR, what you got? Hey, greetings. Yes, that's exactly what I want to talk about. You know, how do you guys see the landscape of ownership in the future changing in NASCAR? I mean, we have the next-gen car, you know, like you said, age on these owners. How do you see our landscape changing in ownership with all of this going on and the mention of Jeff Gordon uh, stepping up? Well, I I think you're already seeing the excitement of the new car. We're already seeing a lot of people come in, want to be new owners. A lot of people are looking at it. Other people are actually doing it, right? So, you know, Bill France Jr. told me a long time ago, he said, Jeff, there's a line out of that door of people wanting your job. What we need is a line out of the door wanting the owner's job, right? We have to have healthy owners. That business has to work. And so you see already the optimism of where the sport's heading with, with new ownership groups. And that's important for our sport, to have people that want to be owners, right? Not, not because of their ego, because it makes business sense, right? There's a major difference in that. It needs to make business sense. And we're starting to see that, and that's, that's what this sport needs. Yeah, listen, part of our research in Nashville was we were invited to an event at Tootsie's. It was on the hood of the Daniel Suarez car. That's the track house team. Well, Justin Marks was there, and I had that conversation. He wants to bring his race team to Nashville on Broadway, glass windows, people don't want to look in. You talk about thinking outside the box as an owner. I think Justin Marks' name comes to mind. Big news over the weekend, Matt Collin secures two charters. He's going cup racing. Um, he's not just a guy that showed up on the scene, right? So this, this pathway that NASCAR has created has allowed someone like Collig to come in, find out if he likes it on Saturdays. Turns out he loves it. Now he's going to run Saturdays <laughs> and Sundays, which right. is great for all of us, right? We have Denny Hamlin. The list is long. So I think the Jeff Gordon news is just a great reminder that just because we have new owners, we also have to have continuation of the current you know, mega owners. And, and so now Rick has that. When you look at Penske, well, he has some sons in the business. You imagine there's going to be somebody there, right? You mentioned Stuart Haas Racing. Well, Tony's very young. Gene's actually very young, right? The rumors about Brad Kozlowski going to Roush, where that ends up, we don't know. But that seems to make more sense today, right? It, it, it's, the dominoes are starting to fall in place for the questions that maybe we thought, maybe people didn't ask, but maybe we thought them. 
they're starting to get answered already. To Carl's point, how much of this conversation do we think revolves around the next-gen car? And I, you've talked about this, Jeff, that this is just a transformative thing for NASCAR and that maybe this could be another way. I mean, it might be, it's certainly going to be easier probably to manage a team in the future if we're talking about the reduction of um, staff and, and the number of cars and, and the costs associated with it. It seems like this would be a good opportunity for a Brad Keselowski or, or Jeff Gordon to transition in this type of way. Well, so I don't know how much it affected this Jeff Gordon decision, right? Because I think Jeff Gordon had such a strong relationship with Rick already, and Rick felt he has felt for a long time he's the guy. I've been very open about it, right? So, so I don't know how much that affected that. Uh, but I, without a doubt, it's affected other decisions. There's no question about that. And listen, I, I, I always wanted to be a car owner, and always. And, and I, it became clear to me that was not possible. Like, there, was, there just wasn't. I, there was no way I could turn the money machine on to, to instead of look at the checkbook and say, hey, we need to buy this, you have to buy it and then look and see, well, how do we make this work? I knew I could never do that. So I moved that out and moved into other things. But if, if I was in that same thought process, you know, now, and had I been, you know, 30 years old now, I would 100% be thinking now is the time to find a way to make it happen. There's no question. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be easier to manage. I think it's easier to predict. And I think if you're ever going to try to enter the fray, the best time is when everyone else has to have this much uncertainty as well. Right, because if 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 not if these you don't have these major changes, man, you have to chisel your way in because they, they have a good understanding of the technology and the car and all of that, right? So short of a new manufacturer, I think a new vehicle is as big opening as anything else. So but here's what I want everybody to understand. Okay, the the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons have the same amount of amount of money to spend on players. Who does a better job of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's right. It doesn't mean this new car doesn't mean everybody's going to run the same. This new car is an opportunity, and some people are going to take advantage of it and some people aren't. You still have to make the right decisions. Someone still has to drive it better than the next guy. Someone still has to set it up better than the next guy. The management and where the money gets spent is still going to be important. It's not like everybody's just getting, going to get the same fair shake at it. It's going to be who utilizes what they have the best. This, and listen, I mean, it's, it's, you see it in every other sport. Constantly there's teams that are at the bottom of every sport, and constantly there's teams at the top of every sport, and they're all spending the same amount of money on their players. Now, what does that mean? Right. So it's going to be the same here. It's an opportunity to be closer to Hendrick, but how do you grasp that opportunity and take advantage of it? That's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, yeah, no question. There's going to be a lot of uh, chess playing going on there. And one driver I think everybody would love to have right now, Kyle Larson. He joins us next here on NASCAR America Motormouths. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Life is a highway. 
And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. May have sat out almost the entirety of the 2020 racing season, but it didn't take too long to knock the rust off. Kyle Larson will complete the long journey from NASCAR suspension to victory lane here at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway as he wins in dominating style. See the Las Vegas, baby. Oh, yeah, guys. He looks in his rearview mirror. He cannot even see Chase Elliott. He's that far back. It's a historic night for Kyle Larson as he wins the Coca-Cola 600. Hell of a job all day, guys. Congrats to great. Thanks for the opportunity. As he hits the drag strip, Fans are on their feet here for the Elk Grove California driver. It's good, good vibrations for the California kid. Kyle Larson comes home. He'll win. Great win. He's a giant among men on NASCAR racetracks this season. Who is going to the bank off for final time? Kyle Larson has picked up a million dollars. Take off. Yeah. That was all you, Kyle Larson. That was all you, brother. It has been 37 years since cup racing in Nashville. 263 laps led already. This has got to be the most dominant performance we've seen out of Kyle Larson. And he's going to make it three wins in a row. Kyle Larson, what a run. Hendrick Motorsports is on, and especially the driver of the number five. Welcome back to NASCAR America Motor Mouse, where we're joined now by Kyle Larson and Kyle, we just watched it four straight weeks uh, with victories in NASCAR. Some people might think you win every night, but I know you just went to South Dakota to run with the World of Outlaws the last two nights. Finished both both, both nights. Finished fifth both nights. No small feat there, but I guess maybe that's a reminder you can't win them all. Nobody can win them all, but uh, we all try. But um, yeah, no, it was good to get to go run the sprint car a couple more nights uh, with the Outlaws, which is obviously extremely tough and. Um, we haven't got to race a ton this year in the in the sprint car, so still trying to get the balance right on it. But I felt like last night at the end of the feature, after our open red, we got extremely good and probably was the best car on the track. So um, looking a little more promising for the rest of the year, and, and hopefully wins will come a little easier in that. So, Kyle, I, I want to jump right into this amazing season. Um, not only are your numbers impressive, but I want to focus on the tracks. Vegas, mile and a half. Charlotte, mile and a half. But then we go to Sonoma basically the short track and road courses, a million at Texas, which is its own thing with its own package. And then we come to full horsepower, low downforce at Nashville, and once again, you're the guy on top. So we talk a lot about equipment, but how can you be so good and so consistent at everything you get in, um, it seems like, in all these different tracks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I think the equipment is the, the biggest thing, really. Um, all of us drivers in the Cup Series are good, and, and we've most of us have experience racing all the other you know, aero packages and horsepower packages and um but your car's got to be good i mean you know you can't take a 10th place car and go win with it so we've had a, a winning race car and we've been able to get the job done the last you know four weeks in a row and, and really the the three before that finished in second so um you know i think to um, me racing as much as i do and in all different types of cars i think you know, my ability to, to adapt is it you know it, it's quick um in the way our schedules are this year um you've got to adapt quick so i think that also helps so so Kyle I, did you did you 
even think, envision having this much success this early? <laughs> um, not not like in a row. Um, I, I I hoped by the end of the year, you know, we would have a, a handful of wins, but um, I didn't expect to go off and you know win four in a row or or whatever we've done here, and and I think seven finishes in the top two. I, I didn't definitely didn't imagine that, but. Um, I knew the way that Hendrick ended last season. You know, obviously with Chase winning the championship. I knew we were going to be able to to start this year good and and hopefully build off of that, which is what we've done. So um, it's been fun and and definitely a, a dream season so far. But we still have a long ways left to go, and it could uh, it could be opposite of this. You know, seven weeks from now, and we would all forget about you know the, this run that we've been on. So. Just got to continue to work hard and um, you know, try and make our stuff better and, and keep executing good. Yeah, definitely got to savor it while it lasts, but certainly a lot of winning memories so far this season, Kyle. I think we've got a caller, Colleen, who wants to ask you about some of those wins. Colleen, welcome to NASCAR America Motormouths. Oh, hello. Good evening. Hi, Kyle. It's Colleen from Margate. I just want to hey, tell you, you South Florida loves you. <laughs> Thanks. I love so South Florida, too. Oh, thank you. Which was your favorite win? Um, I mean, probably that all-star win, I think, uh, just because I didn't really honestly expect to win it throughout a lot of that race. And then, um, you know, being able to, to get really aggressive on that final restart and, um, you know, go higher than, than really what was capable uh, for most of the race was – you know, exciting, a 10-lap dash to the end, having to hold off, you know, Brad Kozlowski and Chase Elliott are both champions um, to, to go win a million bucks was pretty cool. So I was definitely, I was definitely pumped up after that one. Let's stay on the phones and uh, talk to Marvin. Marvin, welcome to NASCAR American Motormouths. Hey, Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Hey, congratulations on your win at Nashville. I was rooting for you when I was up at the lake last Sunday. You drove the wheels off that five car. <laughs> Thank you. So, Kyle, listen, from uh, from not having a ride uh, last year to racing at Hendrick, how would you uh, rate your level of success uh, from this year to last year? And do you think you got a shot at uh, getting another victory at uh, the Pocono Mountains on Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, I hope uh, I hope we'll have a shot. Um, I've always enjoyed Pocono. I, I feel like a lot of people don't, but I actually have always had fun there, and I enjoy the uniqueness of it. But, um, you know, we've been really good here lately. I, I know you know Pocono's different, but I hope we'll be good. And uh, it's hard to compare success from this year to last year because I, I you know raced a, I was full time dirt really, and um, you know last year was really good. I had you know, almost a 50% you know, win percentage, and you know, this year's not quite that, even though we're we're winning a lot. Um, but it's totally different, and, and Cup's extremely tough too. So it's hard to compare the two, but um, either way, when you're winning, it's it's good. So Kyle, I think we can't have you on without talking about the news today. Jeff Gordon leaving the Fox booth, going to join Hendrick Motorsports officially as co-chairman. Um, you and I both know, like Jeff's been around there for years and has had his hands in there. But we've given our opinion on, on this on this official announcement. I'd love to hear from a driver inside the organization. What are your thoughts on uh, Gordon officially being named as number two right underneath the boss? 
Yeah, it's uh, officially. Um, I feel like he's kind of been in that role from from what I've understood um, for a couple years maybe now. I, I don't know. I think he's definitely maybe gotten more involved this year. I wasn't around before this year, but you know, he's he's heavily involved, at least you know, in the stuff that I get to see. Um you know, within contracts and, um, you know, he's, he's on every competition meeting, uh, has input uh, at every competition meeting. And, and I know there's probably a lot of other stuff that goes on behind the scenes with, you know, Marshall and, and Jeff Andrews and, and everybody, you know, like I said, he's, he's heavily involved in every kind of aspect of Hendrick Motorsports. And, you know, now for you know, the role to be official is, is really cool. And, you know, he's meant a lot to the sport of NASCAR, but he's, he's meant a ton to Hendrick Motorsports. So um, having him, you know, be a part for long-term officially is, uh, is going to be great for the business side of Hendrick Motorsports. So Kyle, you found out today that you were on the pole for uh, Pocono Raceway. No surprise there, I guess, but Hendrick Motorsports have been so solid this year on the 550 horsepower tracks. Uh, you expect that edge to continue at Pocono? Because I know it's a little bit different than, say, Texas or Charlotte. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I mean, I'd like to say I have the same confidence. Um, but, like, the little bit that I've talked to Cliff and, and our guys about how their races went there last year, they didn't seem too thrilled about it. So um, the last time that that they said that they weren't good and I was like oh we'll be we'll still be really good was was Richmond and we were that's the only race that we've been bad at so um don't know what to expect about Pocono I think we'll definitely be competitive but uh we just gotta wait and see and you know hey if we're not good the first day at least we have a second try to to throw some things at it for the for the next race and and see if we can be back up front well, Kyle, buddy, thank you for coming and uh, taking some time to talk to us and spend some time with the fans. What you're doing is absolutely amazing to watch. Enjoy it. It's rare what you're doing, so take some time <laughs> and enjoy it. Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, it's nice to have the NBC part of the season. It's always exciting, so thank you guys for what you do, too. Thank you, man. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Great stuff having him on. And I, I, I thought his telltale into Jeff was funny, right? He, he was kind of, you know, said official a few times. It sounds like, and I think we all knew this, Jeff was around um, quite a bit. But when I look at the run that Kyle's on, it's not only remarkable, but I think that's when someone like Jeff Gordon is, is perhaps most valuable, right? Because you could talk about a lot of things. You could talk about cars, working, not working, whatever. But here's a guy who's been on those runs, right? So when the run ends, and it will, this weekend, next weekend, a month from now, he even said it, it will go away how you get through that spot, you know, when you're really, really high and yeah. it goes away, Jeff, we both know it's a, it's a far drop. <laughs> so for a guy that's raced against Hendrick Motorsports when I think they were at their very best, what's, what I think is dangerous about Hendrick Motorsports right now is that they have a guy like Kyle Larson that can go win four in a row, right? They got a guy like Chase Elliott that can go win four in a row. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they right. got you know, younger drivers that are approaching that. They're, you know, both, both of those guys, Alex and William, they're capable of winning races. Maybe not four in a row just yet, but they're getting there. And when Hendrick Motorsports has been their best, they've had a guy that was at the top, but everyone else was really close to them. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, listen, what Kyle Larson is doing is amazing. It's hard to say the defending champion is a step behind. Maybe he's a quarter step behind, but he has enough talent and, that he can catch him. And that's what makes Hendrick Motorsports really, really dangerous moving into the future. Now... They made an investment to get there. Nothing for free, right? 
this success that they're enjoying now and they will enjoy into the future was because they made an investment in young drivers and stuck with them. Let them not be superstars. Let them show they can do it. Let them learn. Didn't get rid of them, right? So if you're going to have this dominance for a long time, you're going to have some growing pains. Jimmy Johnson's coming out winning their first year is kind of rare. It's a rare thing. So Hendrick did a nice job of building this. And we sat here many days saying, what's wrong with Hendrick? What's wrong with Hendrick, right? How many times we do that? They made, it, they made a down payment on long-term success. Yeah, that's definitely all paying off. On track this year for Kyle Larson. Off track as well. He's done a lot of charitable work. Great to see the work he's doing with his foundation. And from one Kyle to another, another winner at Nashville was Kyle Busch in the Xfinity Series at Nashville Super Speedway. And after that win, Comcast is donating 100 laptops and a year of free Internet essentials to the Boys and Girls Club of Middle Tennessee, which also has a Comcast lip zone. To celebrate Kyle Busch becoming the first driver in NASCAR Xfinity Series history to reach 100 wins. So celebrating a pretty historic moment with a nice little donation here as well. well listen, I'll tell Comcast to be careful because if he wants to, he can win 200. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, we talk about this. Is I picture Mark Martin in the Winn-Dixie car. My man over here in either the Ray Bestis or the uh, Track 9 car, like just dominating Xfinity. So when I look at the list, and he has double anyone you take second and third Adam together they don't get to what Kyle Busch has done I think that's what <clears throat> I mean it's a hundred wins a season's pick a year 30 something so he's won every single race for more than three years I, I, I mean I don't know what you say about it it's um it's impressive and and we could talk about the equipment he's in but Jeff you'd say this all the time right your equipment's only as good as the work you put in the feedback you give it um for him to run as few as he has the last few years and still jump in and be that good is really impressive so, and I hope he doesn't stop. Look, yeah, I'm going to go on record here, right yeah. now. And, I, you know, this would yeah. be a great debate. Should he keep racing? Yes, he should keep racing. Absolutely. Why not? If he wants to race and, and, and sponsorships won't even, sponsors won't even do it, keep racing. Like, don't let people not want you to be there make that decision for you. Like, if you're this good and you're winning races, it's a special thing to win races. Just because he makes it look easy doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not doesn't go down there and pick on all the little kids. and You know what I mean? They, yeah. He beats them. And he teaches them how to win. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, I, I hope he – listen, as long as he wants to run, I hope he runs. I hope he doesn't get talked out of it or peer pressured out of it. He needs to do it if he wants to do it. Yeah, and I'll go one further. The young guys that run on Saturday, that have aspirations that run on Sunday, it's good for them to see – the type of driver that they're going to run against. Yeah. <laughs> because right, right, right. that's really, that's right. my point, is, is Kyle Busch is spectacular, don't get me wrong. Kyle Larson's pretty good. Chase Elliott's pretty good. Like, I can name a long, long list. So we'd love to have you all move up. Welcome to Sunday. <laughs> but just be ready. It's a big step. I mean, I feel like I hear it from Harrison Burton and some other drivers in the Expanding Series. They like having Kyle Busch around because of that. He's yeah. a benchmark. If they yeah. beat him, it's, it's a really good thing. Got more of your phone calls coming up. NASCAR American Motor Mouths when we return. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back to NASCAR America Motor Mouse, the show where we take your phone calls. I believe we have Michelle on the line to ask us a question about NASCAR. What do you have, Michelle? Hi, how are you guys? Good. Great. Good. So I have a question, and Steve, B, you may be able to answer it a little bit better. Do you think Kyle Larson's success is because you always talk about people and how Mr. Hendrick is a people person? Do you think his success is a reflection of the people that are behind him and the rest of the, the Hendrick organization? And do you think that makes the biggest difference on why Kyle Larson has the success he does now? Versus when he was with Chip Ganassi, because looking at, he looks like a completely different driver now. He looked miserable before, where now he's a completely different person, a completely changed person as he's driving. Oh, well, I think it's a great question, and it's absolutely fair. I don't think Kyle Larson that we see today is the same Kyle Larson we saw a few years ago. Self, he, I know you had to sit down with him. Uh, he's been on record to say that he has learned a tremendous amount. Um, and I believe that his appreciation for the opportunity to drive for Rick Hendrick in the Cup Series is as high as any driver in the series has for appreciation for their opportunity. And I think you mark that with his talent, which has, I don't think, ever been in question. He now has this drive, desire, and work ethic, which I do think was in question at points through the garage area, what his work ethic was. I don't have firsthand knowledge, but I did hear the whispers. And then match it with someone like Rick Hendrick, who is... To this day, I haven't worked for the man for seven and a half years, and I still consider him a mentor, right? He is all about the people. You just mentioned committed to William Byron, committed to Chase Elliott, committed to these young drivers, and allowed them to grow. Um, I think other drivers see that, and, and I think there's a balance. You don't want drivers so comfortable that they feel they can do whatever, but you also want drivers very comfortable to be themselves and showcase their talent. And I think they get away with it, Jeff, because while they're comfortable, they're for surely not lazy over there, right? Chad Canals, Jeff Andrews, Rick Hendrick, there is Jeff Gordon now. There is a very specific requirement of effort from their drivers. So comfort, yes, lazy, no. And I think that combination has really paid off for Kyle. Yeah, listen, I have the utmost respect for Hendrick Motorsports, and, and I've raced against them. So, you know, the, 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 the ultimate compliment is the respect of your peers, and they have a tremendous amount of respect for me. Um, you know, I, I think I've said it a thousand times. I think timing matters. But I do think that Kyle Larson is more ready today than he was two years ago. His equipment's better. I think that's clear. Not a knock on Ganassi. Hendrick is Hendrick. I, I, you know, I think his equipment is better. But I also think some of his failures, not only off the racetrack, but on the racetrack, he had time to take a step back and reflect. And how can I be a better person? With that comes how can I be a better racer? And if you watch him race, there were mistakes. You and I talked about it in the yeah. booth quite often. Like, he wasn't considered a finisher. Right. You know, he couldn't finish the things off. And even early this year, a few things got away from him. He's cleaned all that up. And I think some of that is perspective, right? When you have something that you love, right, you probably don't love it. You know you love it as much as you do until it's gone. And his stuff got gone. His life was, he upended his life, right? And the cornerstone of his life was his family and his racing, and it was gone. And, you know, we, we have this conversation often. Did he care about cup racing or did he care about dirt racing? Like, what was his real 
But it's clear now that he, he really cares about cup racing, and he cherishes it now. And that's different. That's a different perspective and a different mentality when you sit in that race car knowing this could be gone in a second. It's completely different. And he's ready for it. He's ready to shine. He's ready to execute. Well, to support Jeff's answer, we just asked Kyle Larson what was his favorite win. It was the one that he closed. Yeah, true. It was not the one right. that he dominated. It right. was the one that he closed. People oh, he won a million bucks. That's not it. Great point. It was that in a restart, he wasn't the leader. He drove to the outside of the champion in a lane that hadn't been used. He closed. He was the guy that closed the deal. That was his favorite. I think that supports exactly what Jeff's saying. Yeah, and I think, you know, during the sit-down I had with him, which you'll be able to see this on the pre-race show uh, at Pocono this weekend, what I took away was he's always been this committed and that maybe we overlooked it a little bit. And, you know, he made the point of saying, you know, all the dirt racing I was doing, I think people took that to mean that I wasn't committed, but actually I was studying the data. This year I think he's got more data to study, study at Hendrick Motorsports, and he's definitely putting in the work, definitely putting in the effort, and uh, it's, it's paying off on the track. So do you think, though, because I'm a true believer in this, sometimes a driver can't kind of beat his own drum about how hard he's working, and the, I think the advantage at, at Hendrick and the other big teams, this isn't just Hendrick, it happens at Gibbs and everywhere else, is he doesn't have to because Chad will say it or Jeff Andrews will say it or Rick Hendrick will say it, right? So yeah. our perception in the media is driven by comments, quotes, uh, personal relationships, and, and you know results on the racetrack. And, and maybe um, the group around him at Hendrick you know, has the ability to steer that narrative to what they believe is, is more accurate. It's fair, fair, fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we we got another caller, uh, Chandler, on the line. NASCAR American Motormouths. Welcome to the show, Chandler. Thank you, Nate. So, first off, want to wish everyone a happy belated Father's Day. Hope everyone had a very wonderful Father's Day. So, my question to you guys is: This Saturday in the Truck Series at Pocono, there's going to be two Cup drivers, which are Kyle Busch and Ryan Priest. So my question to you guys is, looking at last week at Nashville with Ryan Priest winning, what can you expect out of him coming this Saturday at Pocono? Well, listen, I think Ryan Priest has a lot to prove. We, 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 you know, we're talking about Kyle Larson having something to prove. I think Ryan Priest is that same guy, right? He, he, he bet on himself, right? Went to Gibbs, won some races, got some opportunities, and the cup thing hasn't gone very well. That's fair to say, right? Um, and winning that race on, you know, in Nashville, that was, hey, I can win. You know, I can win. I'm not winning there, but I can win. And, I, and that goes a lot internally, right? You have to have confidence. That helps a lot with, with that. It also reminds everybody on the outside, this guy is somebody you can't forget. And that's easy to happen. When you go to Cup and you're not driving for one of the big teams, and you run mediocre at best, and you have, you know, I mean, how many times did they break last year? My goodness, they had so many failures. You start to just not consider him to be one of the guys anymore. It just happens. And, and this, that's a great way to remind people that I can win these races and I can run in, run in the front. And then you put Kyle Busch in the field, and there's one more chance to go head-to-head with a guy you're going to see later that afternoon, be it at Pocono with the doubleheader. Um, I love to see it because, you know, Racing is tough, and Sunday will kick you in the teeth week after week, and nobody cares. And it can be an emotional roller coaster. And sometimes when you get down, it, it's, it is very, very tough. And, and I think to Jeff's point about reminding yourself you can win is great. And I also like to see a guy like Ryan Priest. Um, he's, just, he's always a smiling, happy driver. 
But I'm not sure he's that same guy only running on Sundays, right? <laughs> yeah. The Cup Series doesn't really care that much about you, and, and that's a good thing, right? We want to see the best of the best. So let him go race and race up front and, and remind himself of how the restarts work and the pressure of winning. I mean, get that blood flowing again. I think that's great for him. I think it will carry over and improve some sort of mark improvement to the Cup program. Well, Ryan Priest certainly made his name with that Xfinity victory a few years ago. We'll have the uh, talking to a driver coming back, Sam Mayer, who will be making his Xfinity debut at Pocono Raceway this weekend. There he is, coming up next on NASCAR American Motormouths. It's officially grilling season at the Home Depot. So don't miss Memorial Day savings on grills happening now so you can celebrate with a backyard barbecue for the whole block. Step up your grill game and serve up a feast with the next grill four burner gas grill with durability to last summer after summer. On special buy, only $199. Get ready for a whole summer of entertaining at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. I mean, what happened last week was an assault after the race, and, and I don't respect Jimmy Spencer. So there's stuff going on on the racetrack. Y'all are running over each other, banging into each other. Post-race, you're in the garage before him, out of your car. What happened? <sighs> Tell me exactly it, he, what went down. He, he wants me to hit him. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to teach that some a lesson. I am going to hit him. Well, I get out of the car. Yep. He calls me to the car. Hey, you old bastard. That's what he said? He said, hey, you old bastard. Oh. So you walked up to his car. I walked up to his car. I said, get out of the car, and let's just finally settle this. And I says, I'll put one hand behind my back and whip your ass. You said that to him? Yeah. So he ain't going to get out of the car. This is what he does, Dale. He calls me to the car. I go up to the car. He says, you old decrepit has-been, I know where your family lives. And I went like that, and he swings at me. But he's in the car. He's in the car. This is how stupid this person can be. All right. <laughs> I went, you stupid son of a <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and I saw the blood, and I went, holy <laughs> no. Okay. Right. Okay. Hold on. I have a flight tomorrow, and I'm changing it because if that's on at 5:30 tomorrow night, I can't be missing that. Now, Dale, I won't lie. We flew with uh, Dale this last weekend, and he gave us a little preview of what the Jimmy Spencer conversation was. And now I'm really hooked. Because more of that, I that, take it. Oh, that's like yeah. that's like an eyedropper of the conversation. Yeah. I this, can't wait. This is a must-watch. Oh, this yeah. is a must-watch. All right. Well, Sam Mayer will be making his Xfinity debut Sunday, which is one day after his 18th birthday. I just figured this out, Sam. You were born two months before Jimmy Spencer hit Kurt Busch, so I'm presuming you probably have no Jimmy Spencer memories to bring us here on the program today. Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, the only <laughs> memories I would have would be watching YouTube videos of like old races and stuff like that. But other than that, I have no idea. All right. Well, let me give you some advice. Don't end up on the Dale Jr. download talking about punching someone in a race car. It's going to be, hey, so first of all, Sam, congratulations. Uh, it's a great weekend. Get to make your Xfinity Series debut. 
just just talk about what that means and your opportunity and how excited you are to roll off. I, I, I will. I won't lie to you. Of all tracks, um, you picked a tough one. It's going to be a blast up there, at Pocono. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one of the tougher races uh, I'm going to run, just purely because I don't get any practice for qualifying in the Xfinity car at all before I take the green flag. So uh, definitely thankful that I have the ARCA race on uh, Friday, so I have a little bit of track time before we get going in the Xfinity car, but it's definitely going to be a tough one for me. Uh, obviously, you want to run up front and do well in your first race because uh, obviously that's going to show a lot about who you are and who you can make doing what you can do in the series, so it's going to be big for me. So Sam, we've seen you around the racetrack a lot, obviously, running ARCA, K&N, trucks, but this year, you haven't been around as much. What have you been doing? Uh, other than absolutely nothing, um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, like you said, a really quiet year for me. Uh, I've done some Trans Am stuff. I, I think I have like three truck starts this year. No ARCA starts yet, um, so it's been a really quiet year for me, but by the end of the year, I think we're going to have like 44 racers under my belt. So it's it's going to be a full second half of the year for me. So what? Sam, so I'm sorry. Now I was going to say, so Sam, um, you're, you're a veteran compared to your years when it comes to media training. I've read all the quotes. You say all the right things, but I want to know the real dirt. You see Josh Berry go out there, have a great start in the eight, win a race. Does that excite you for the equipment you're getting in? Or are there a bit of nerves thinking, well, man, this other guy went and won. Now I have to go do something special in the car. Where, where do you stand on it? Honestly, I don't have any nerves for that regard. Uh, the only nerves I have are like the average nerves you get before a race. Like, even though this is a little bit bigger of a race, I get nervous before every race. But once the green flag drops, it's it's like a whole new thing. And I'm just in kind of like a race mode. But uh, I'm not nervous at all. Uh, I, honestly, I feel like straight up i feel like i can do it pretty well straight out of the box i mean i'm i'm expecting to win probably in my first three stars i mean that's shooting high but uh, i've always been a driver who i want to shoot out high try to go as far as i can and if i don't get there it's still going to be really well so uh i'm excited to go to road america too because that's uh, obviously my home track we live like a half hour from that place so uh that'd be cool to win at home too well, I would say aiming to win your first three Xfinity starts would be uh, pretty lofty expectations, but you did win in your seventh truck start at Bristol, so I'm sure that gives you some confidence uh, going into this race Sunday at Pocono. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, Bristol has been really good to me over the last, I guess, two and a half years where I could run these bigger cars because uh, I have four wins there. Uh, so obviously Crystal's been really good to me, but I want to carry that momentum that I have in the truck series over to the Xfinity side too, because obviously Taylor and Andrew and all the guys that work really hard on this eight, eight car, uh, put together a good piece for, uh, obviously, obviously John Perry winning Martinsville, a track he's really good at too. Uh, so obviously that's going to help me as a driver, uh, be confident in the team and, uh, hopefully we finish well Pocono at least, uh, I'm kind of shooting for a top five, top 10, top 10 probably. Um, but I mean, carry that momentum all the way through because obviously no practice and qualifying, uh, finishing position matters a lot. Uh, so we're going to have to kind of dig ourselves out of a hole, uh, pretty quick to have, uh, opportunities in the future. So Sam, you mentioned that you are going to run the ARCA race on Friday. Uh, my question to you is how else do you prepare? You haven't really been able to, um, spend a lot of team with time with the team, I would imagine. So how are you getting ready for this race? Uh, I'm leaning a lot on Justin. Uh, Justin Allgaier, he's uh, 
probably one of the best to ever drive Pocono in an any car. He led a lot of laps in 2019. Probably should have won it. Um, but I've led on, leaned on him a lot over the last two years because I ran the ARCA race last year too, and I used him a bunch for that race too. And uh, I'm just going to lean on him even more, uh, get every little nitpicky thing I can out of him, and hopefully run up there with him because I think he starts on the front row. Uh, so hopefully I can be up there racing with them at the end of the day. Hey, in that vein, Sam, I noticed that you were tweeting about hanging out in Nashville last weekend, even though you weren't racing. Was that presumably just to kind of get to know Justin and the rest of the uh, Junior Motorsports team members just to kind of get acclimated before you made the debut? Yeah, the biggest thing was to just go out there, hang out on the box, and see how uh, Taylor likes to call a race because uh, obviously the extended race is being a little bit longer. There can be a little more pit strategy involved in some of these races. So I want to see kind of what their decision-making is and everything. And obviously I had a radio on too, so I could listen to the communication. And uh, gosh, Josh is so fun to listen to on the radio too, because he's out here missing, dodging a wreck on the front stretch. And he's singing a TikTok song throughout the whole thing. So it's obviously a really fun group of people. And I'm really excited to start racing with them. All right. Well, sure. It'll be a lot of fun this weekend, making your Xfinity debut. We uh, wish you the best and good luck at Pocono, Sam. Appreciate it, guys. I like swagger. Listen, I, I you know I've, I've only seen Sam from afar. Watch him in the trucks. Watch him in Arca. Uh, I don't know if he can win in his first three starts. And I'm not saying he like called his shot, but I like swagger who believes in himself. Uh, and that's what I see. I see a young driver with a lot of confidence. Now, I will say, I know how tough. You know, I talk a lot about the Cup Series. Well, the Xfinity Series isn't a pushover series either. So, so we'll see how he does. Yeah. Listen, I think he's a winner. I think I think he's got a great future. I think he's. He's, uh, I think the guy can get it done. I think he's one of the young up-and-coming drivers. I think he, I'm not saying he can win. He, it wouldn't surprise me. Look what Ty Gibbs has done. You know, he and Ty Gibbs have some epic battles in, in ARCA and K&N. So, you know, I think the guy can, can go fast and good make lap time. Yeah, he's a you know, two-time ARCA champion. But I was surprised when I looked at his stats. I mean, this is the first big oval he's really won, run in a top uh, three national series. I mean, he's been on all short tracks in, in the trucks. Uh, so it's, it's a big step. Well, he just turned 18, right? Yeah, There's right. track limits yeah, on yeah, what yeah. you can so do. Can, and, yeah. and uh, you know, listen, this is, a, this is a great question about opportunity versus experience. What do you do? You get this opportunity, you're going to say no? Right. I, I need to get more experience? Like, you don't have that ability in this sport. If you get an opportunity and all the stars line up, you've got to go make it happen. You've got to go take that chance and just put it out there and see what happens. So Pocono this weekend... Who needs to do well on the cup side, do you think? Is it, does it start with the two guys who won here last year having not the 2021s we expected, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin? So there's nobody I'm scared to death that has to do go I, uh, to do good. I think Stuart Haas carried some momentum out of Nashville. You don't want to extinguish that at Pocono. Uh, you know, they had some mechanical issues, but just let's just, it doesn't, you know, the points are important and all, but if you're a Stuart Haas racing other than Kevin Harvick, you're not looking at this right now. You're looking at can we compete? Uh, they got a little momentum there. I do think Danny Hamlin is looking for a win. As silly as this may sound, I think Chase Elliott wants to, like, he's, I think he's sick of seeing Kyle Larson win, or I would be if I was Chase Elliott. So I think he needs to, to, to contend for a win just to kind of show he's still the guy. Remember last week, DQ for Lugnut. So, like, yeah. he ran Nashville, but the points say he didn't. So I so a little research on this end of the table. The last seven winners, I <laughs> last, last seven winners, think about this. Kyle Busch has three, Truex has one, Denny Hamlin two, Kevin Harvick one. Is any of those guys, guys you consider need a win? Mm-hmm. I'd say yes. I think every one of them, that's been the, in the last seven races, that's been the best. And every one of those, they are in the position of having to get themselves 
to the point where they can win races if they want to win a championship this year. So the past seven winners, to me, this is a big race this weekend. I mean, listen, the regular season is coming to a close here in a little bit at Daytona. Yeah. Pocono is, is a place where you can go up there, you get two, tra- two races. So if you have something that works, man, two for the price of one. Yep. Yep, going to be something to watch. Doubleheader weekend on NBCSN. You can check it out here. NASCAR America Motor Mouse, thanks very much for watching. We'll be back next Monday. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.